All right, things have changed this week. How many notice it's fluid, you know, and our governor comes out and he says, you got to do this if you're traveling, do this if you're traveling. Our speaker's not with us in person because he couldn't get his COVID test in time, get the results in time, and we don't want him, we wanted to visit with him, but we didn't want him to spend 14 days in Pennsylvania. And so, we're going to do something a little different. We're hooking up with Pinsburg, and he had time, Dr. Jason Strobel, a.k.a. Dr. Dirt with Conville of Hope, as he teaches farmers around the world to take care of their soil and crops and feed themselves and sustain themselves for the next generation. So he shot a great video that we're going to watch today. It's, it, it's short, not very long, very informative. Before that, we're going to see, I said, do you have something else? Do you have something else that's happening in the world that we haven't had access to? And it, we got a great video of Nepal, of what's happened in that nation above China, way up there, Nepal, since 2016 until 2020 today, how convoy and farming has changed that part of the world. And then I'm going to come and wrap up just a few minutes, and we're going to look at God's Word real brief, about 10 minutes, maybe not even that long. Don't hold me to that, but maybe not even that long. And we're going to look at, you know, uh, what God places in our hands, what we make available to Him, He can multiply. God's all about multiplication. I want you to know that. He, he's not a subtractor, a divider. He's a multiplier. And so uh, we're excited today. Dr. Jason Strobel has a great heart. Uh, he was just, you know, so sad and he couldn't be with us in person. And hopefully in the future we can have him. But let's take a look this morning. Let's join in together and uh, just be open and receptive. And we're going to hear a wonderful testimony from Nepal and then go right into to Jason today. And I like to say his nickname, a.k.a. Dr. Dirt. Are you glad you're here today? I am. Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at this. People in this village has been living here for hundreds of years. Suddenly in 2015, this uh, devastating earthquake uh, struck here. Everything was destroyed and they had nothing left. That day, I feel like I'm dead. My children were down in the city and my husband was in India, working. So I was alone here. We didn't know who was alive and who was dead. Whatever they have left, all the crops, everything was uh, covered under the debris, so they, they had lost everything. When we saw the children, they were malnourished and very weak, so we felt uh, yeah, this is a very deserving community to be helped and to be served. In the beginning, there was nothing. I still remember the first day when we fed the children. Uh, our goal was we want to make this community sustainable. Daily meal is very important. We feed children at the school, but how about in the evening food? How about other family members? Because of the devastation from the earthquake, all the people are suffering. Therefore, we thought, you know, that agriculture would be the main component here. During that time, I had a meeting with the whole community. When I was talking to the people, I began to share some of the visions that they can grow tea, they can grow many other 
gas crops here. Uh, the young people can move back to their own villages and uh, we can bring life in this village again. It was very difficult for the people to accept what I said because they were living in a hopeless situation. But uh, in midst of that, uh, some of the leaders began to uh, realize oh, this organization is very different. But gradually when it started that, then people began to see the positive side. And when that uh, farmers began to collect money, their eyes were so big. Everybody opened their eyes. Once they started to grow something, then that created some kind of habit to have every day fresh vegetables from their own yard. I'm happy when I see my goats and my crops. I'm happy now. Now, most of the families, they have their own kitchen garden. They are bringing some of the vegetables to the school. They bring and they share. That's how the mothers are mobilized. We have provided banana, lemon saplings, and then orange saplings. We provided cardamom seedlings. Last year, from the tomatoes alone, our village made 150,000 US dollars. We provided African boyer goat for the breeding. Then we provide a cow, Palestinian cow also to some farmers and now most of those cows have given birth and that's going very well. Now we have a milk here. Uh, right now, you know, after a year, they will have uh, 800,000 tea saplings and uh, they are marketing now. The tea from Kimtang is in a very high demand. Young people are returning to the village and they are farming tomatoes since last year. They made a very good money from that, and this year they want to add another 100 uh, tunnels. And they have already uh, decided to have a group farming together, uh, you know, as a cooperative. And they're ready to work hard. In the past, when we grew millet and corn, we used to earn like 1,500 rupees. That's all. But now, from this little tunnel, we can earn 50 to 60,000 rupees. That means from that amount, I can feed my whole family for a year. We came here after the devastation. During that hard time, the challenging time, we never hesitated to accept it. But that is the intimation, that's the relation that we have here. Since Convoy of Hope came to our village, I have learned that there is so much we can do in this village. I will definitely continue and work because my eyes are open now. I see this village is a very live village now. It's full of young people, children, you know, families, young couples and old people, you know, all smiling, all doing their you know, work and they, they, they find hope and they find a, a reason to live here. They, they have a purpose to live here now. I know this village will be precious village. This village will be some kind of a model village in this country that other surrounding people will learn from this village.
Well, good morning, Pastor. Thank you for that introduction. I really was looking forward to being with you this weekend, but obviously, even at the last minute, we couldn't make that happen. Um, church, thank you. Thanks for listening to me via video instead of live and for living and giving really to convoy to one day. I love your pastor and his wife. I've gotten to know them over the last few years and we've had this event on the calendar for, for years. And so really I am disappointed that I can't be with you. One of the things that I usually do and I get that I look forward to when I'm getting to be able to speak at a church is every morning, that Sunday morning before I speak, I go out and I run around the, the hotel and I'm praying for the church, I'm praying for the service. Well, I just want you to know that I'm not gonna be running around your block this morning, but I will be running on Sunday morning and I'm gonna be praying for you and this service and that God would bless you for the opportunity um, that you are giving us by giving to one day and that, yeah, that, surf, that service would go well and that life would be as best of life you can have given the situation that we're in. So thanks again. And I'm gonna do my best to you know, give you a synopsis of what I was gonna say while we were live. But as you heard, yes, my name is uh, Jason Struble. Sometimes they call me Dr. Dirt. My Presbyterian friends call me Dr. Reverend Struble because I am this weird thing, and Pastor John knows this, of I've got over 20 years of pastoral ministry from youth ministry to being the lead pastor to where I have this PhD in soil science, and it is at Convoy that I have this opportunity to weave all of that together, to be able to bring hope to people both spiritually and physically. And you get to help us do that with one day. Um, I've been married for almost 24 years to an amazing, uh, um, an amazing lady. I've got three biological kids, 19, 16, and 13. And then at any given day, we have foster kids coming in and out of our house. And generally, with our family, it is sibling sets of three that are all under the age of three, and we get them for anywhere from a year to two years. And we're right in the middle of a transition on that one as well. So they don't let me out very often. You need to know that. So there's, there's a reason why they don't let me out and they don't let me always get to speak to churches because just like you as a church, I'm just going to keep it real. And I'm just going to tell about real life and what it means and what, what we do at Convoy and what your one day gift means. And as a pastor and as a person from Convoy, I want you to know that we understand what one day represents that every time I'm on the field, I know that for some, well, the sacrifice is equal. And one day's pay, it really does start to add up. And we take that, when I'm on the field, I know that. So we make the wisest decisions we possibly can to make the best impact around the world with your one day, because it really does change forever for communities. So when I talk about what it is that I do and what Convoy does and what you with us are getting to do, there's three stories that come to mind that kind of summarize the amazing work that we do together. The first one, I was sitting in Ethiopia and I was standing before a manure pile because that's what I do. I take, well, manure is an amazing thing and I use it all the time in my agricultural endeavors for convoy. But I'm sitting in front of this manure pile and this Ethiopian lady walks in front of me, probably in her mid-50s, she bends over, 
And no joke, liquid diarrhea shoots out of her backside for about three feet. She then stands straight up, shakes it off like a good Taylor Swift song, and keeps walking. That was the most bizarre thing I had ever seen around the world, but also the most telling and one of the images that will stick with me forever. Because for her, that was normal. Nothing phased her. It wasn't, there was no embarrassment. It was, it's time for me to go and I have to go. And from a science standpoint, all the things that that represents, lack of clean and safe water, lack of nutritious food, a lifestyle that is not healthy. And for a woman that age to be normal, that's why we get to come in and really, we wanna intervene in kids' lives with our children's feeding initiative so that that isn't normal for the next generation. So because of one day, we can go into communities and we can work with kids and women's empowerment and agriculture, and the other end of that spectrum, and I don't tell this story to hardly anybody because again, there's a reason they don't let me out because I'll talk about this. But when we started doing children's feeding in Haiti, where that was the norm, where not having a normal stool was the norm. We started feeding kids healthy. They had healthy food. They had clean and safe water. And this is what happened. And I've experienced it with my own eyes. And all of a sudden you're, you're sitting with a bunch of kids and all of a sudden you smell that something that you want to blame the dog on, but you know that there's nobody else to blame it on except for the kids around you. And when they pass air, flatulate, all of a sudden you hear giggles like boys in a room do. And they go, oops, I convoyed. It is the funniest thing in the world, but it's also the most rewarding and the most enriching things you can ever hear is to hear a kid call his flatulent a convoy. Because for the very first time in their lives, when loose stool is the norm, they're having solid poops and their digestive system is working because they don't have the worms, they don't have the disease, and they've got healthy, nutritious food. That's what we get to do with one day. That's what we get to do in Convoy and interject into a family's life. Or we go into a community like in Nepal, in the community of Kim Tung, devastated after the earthquake. But, well, it ends up taking about eight hours out of Kathmandu to get there originally. You go into the community, it's utterly forgotten, and our disaster services team sees that they've got malnutrition. And so we come in with our children's feeding program and we start to work in the schools. And we start to really deliver the immediate relief and food for diet and diversity. But then we see that the children and the moms, they know how to grow corn and rice, but they don't know how to grow really anything else, mainly because they were never told. And so we start working with the moms and we start to talk about diet diversity and other crops that you can grow. And we started to see a community that had no diet diversity to where you had zero to now over 200 small space gardens where they're growing nutrient dense food for their kids and they're integrating it into the children's feeding program, integrating it into the home and then starting to make a business out of it. And from there, we were able to start talking about what could happen in this community. And so we started to introduce high tunnels agriculturally and they were growing tomatoes. And then they started to grow, um, better grow cardamom, a very expensive high value um, spice. And then they were growing, so tomatoes and cardamom. And then we introduced meat goats and 
their goats were small and tiny, and so we introduced goats that had, well, more bone and more muscle, and so now you've got hundreds of meteor goats in the area. They were milking water buffalo, and they were getting like two liters of milk, and then we introduced a couple dairy cow, and they get 22 liters, and so now you've got a dairy industry. When you start talking to that community in Kim Tung, the history of that community is that every man and boy left. Now when you walk through the streets, the community is coming back. College students from Kathmandu see this as a viable place of business. When we're talking about our budgeting for 2021, the city of Kimtung is not in our budgeting because we're moving to the next city because that city, that community is now thriving and they are making enough food, enough money to fend for themselves, to be able to pay for school fees, to feed their families for years and years. The entire city and the community and the government has noticed because the gross domestic product, um, product and productivity has increased by 90% in this community. And so we're walking away and we're not gonna be feeding their kids, they are. That is true sustainability. And why can we do that? Because you partner with us for one day. And then the other, the other story that just continues to stick in, my, stick in my mind, as I was in Haiti, we were doing an agricultural workshop and we were talking about ways to make so soil healthy, better crops, better variety decisions, integrated pest management, so that people can, again, grow their own food, become more sustainable, and so that we can pull away. And in the middle of this workshop, the witch doctor walked into town. He walked into the meeting, he stood right in front of me, and he looked at the rest of the farmers, and he said, you don't need to listen about to anything that this man is saying. We just need to pray for rain, but you need to come and to me to pray for rain. And I will do my spells, I will do my voodoo, and that's when your crops will be saved. I looked at him and for 45 minutes, I stood face to face with him as we were having a spiritual debate. And in the end, I said, you know what? We will pray for rain, but we're gonna pray for rain in Jesus' name. At the uh, end of that, of that morning, I just stood in front of all the farmers and we had some college students that were training with us and I just said, in Jesus' name, let it rain. The witch doctor invited us to his field. It was decimated and I went and I said, can we pray for your field? And he's like, okay. And we just said, in Jesus' name, reveal who truly is God. He then kicked us out of his, our field uh, and you know, walked us, uh, escorted us out to, um, back to our compound and we were with these college students and we'd driven another hour down the road and we looked up to the mountain and a college student said, I can see a cloud. Within a couple hours, we got a call from the local pastor and he said, Jason, he goes, it's raining. It rained for 48 hours nonstop. That community now does not get interference from the witch doctor because, well, we know who truly is the provider of rain. And those three stories encompass what we can do and what we do together with one day. But for me, it's all about, it's a sustainability, agriculture, it's the dirt, it's the training, but it's that story of the fact that when we go into a community, we're also bringing spiritual hope that will last forever and eternity. And I thank you for partnering with us. I wish I could just hug you all and say thank you, thank you, thank you. 
But I wanted to leave you with this verse in 1 Chronicles 28, 20. And it's about the temple. The temple's being built. David's talking to Solomon and giving him a pep talk. But at the very end, he says this. He says, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work of your service for the temple is finished. And no, we're not building a temple, but together with one day, we are changing communities' lives physically and spiritually today and forever. And we cannot do it without you. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And until I get to see you in person, keep the faith. Hope is a real thing. And together we're delivering it around the world. Thanks. Amen. Good word, amen. Tell your neighbor, we can do this. I'm just going to be real brief. And, and in just a few moments, you have an envelope. And um, as the Lord lays on your heart, we want you to make out a check. If you're making out a check to Morningstar Fellowship, we're going to send one check to Convoy of Hope. And uh, it's going to do what he's talking about. It's actually going to change lives in the next generation. But I want to just say this. You've heard me talk about these kind of things before. God is able to multiply what we make available to him. You go back to prophet Elijah, gives us an example there in 1 Kings, and he goes to a poor widow woman and her son, and he says, uh, take the oil, take the flour, make me a cake. And she goes, I don't have enough. I'm just going to make my son and I a loaf, a cake, and then we're going to eat, we're going to die. And he says, no, first, you make it. And when you do, God is going to multiply that, and your flour and oil is never, ever going to run out. Amen? That's what God does. He comes to a man named Gideon that he's calling to be a warrior for him and lead the children of Israel into battle. And he says, no, 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 all you need is 300 to go up against the thousands because I'm going to multiply their strength and their effectiveness and you're going to win the battle. You're going to have the victory. Then we look at the New Testament at Jesus and his disciples and this true account of a miracle multiplication is in every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we look in Luke chapter 9 and Jesus is traveling with his disciples, and you know, the feeding of the 5,000. And let's put ourselves that we're one of those disciples, one of the 12. You're brand new at this. You're walking and traveling with Jesus, and you're on his speaking tour, and you're still trying to figure out if he really is uh, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, the King. And uh, he's gathered, and there's thousands of people. On this hillside, this is the biggest Jesus festival you've ever seen. They've come out to hear him speak, and 5,000 men, that's probably with women and children, 20,000 people, and man, he begins to share and to speak and expound on the scriptures, and you're thinking, and I'm thinking, and we're one of the 12, this is the best I've ever heard. This is amazing. Say it with me, amazing. Our God's amazing, isn't he? He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's here right now. He's amazing. 
And then, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, it's getting toward noon. He's going to wrap it up. This has been a great morning because we need to get out of here and get to the restaurant before the other people get to the restaurants on Sunday. And so he just kind of keeps blows past noon, one o'clock, two o'clock, and three o'clock. He is going. Can you imagine being in church till four or five o'clock this afternoon and we're not leaving this place? You can't imagine that. You've never done that before. How many's ever done that before? I've done that practically in my life before. I have. I have. So Jesus is slowing down. So you guys have a conversation. You and your, 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 your partners there, you, you go tell them that, that we need to dismiss because the restaurants are going to close and the people are hungry and they need to get, to get some food. They need to eat. No, you go tell them. No, you go tell them. He needs, no, you... And so you're elected that you're going to tell Jesus he needs to dismiss the service and let the people get to the restaurants. They need to eat. And so you step up to Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me, Jesus. Yeah? You're doing a great job. This is the best I've ever heard. This is amazing stuff. Where's that coming from? And, and, but, but Jesus, we, we were talking and we were thinking, the people, all the people, you know, the people that you love and all the people you care about, they're hungry, Lord. And so, won't you just kind of dismiss the service now and, and, um, and, you know, we can get to the villages and get to the restaurant, get something to eat. And, and, and with that, Jesus turns to you and says, and this is what it says in Luke 9, 13, also says in Mark and Matthew and John, you give them something to eat. You Give them something to eat. Oh, okay, Jesus. Yeah. And you go back to the other guys. Okay, what did he say? Is he going to dismiss everybody, shut everything down? Well, no. Well, is he going to close the service? Well, no, not exactly. Well, what, what does that mean, not exactly? What did he say? Jesus said that we are to give them something to eat. What? For a minute there, I thought you said he told us to give them something to eat. Yeah, that's what he said. Tell your neighbor, you give them something to eat. Tell your neighbor that. Come on, Pinsburg, tell your neighbor, you give them something to eat. Come on, let's tell them that. You see, and so what do you do for 30 minutes? Man, you go throughout all the people, 20,000 people. You come back, you have five loaves and two fish. And, and you know, really what you have is a happy meal with, with the Aquaman action figure and the happy meal to give out to everybody. And then, then you know, what are we going to do with this? And how are we going to do this? And, and so you go to Jesus, Jesus, all we have is five loaves, two fish. And you're expecting Jesus to say, okay, then we're going to have to close. And, and he doesn't do that. Have you found out Jesus doesn't really do what he thinks he's going to do? He doesn't do things our way? How many has found that out? His ways are higher than our ways. And so he says, okay, get everyone in groups of 50. Oh, you go back to the other guys. Okay, what did he say? He says, get everybody in groups of 50. It's like herding cats. And so you get everybody in groups of 50, and that's the first miracle right there. You get 2,000 people in groups of 50, and then you go to Jesus with the five loaves and two fish. And what does he do? He blesses the five loaves and two fish and he puts them back in your hand and they begin to break the bread and break the fish and 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 it goes on and 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 on. It doesn't run out. 
and there's 12 basketfuls left over. Amen? The miracle is this. First of all, we have to give to the Lord first, and what we give to Him first is blessed. It has to be blessed. And then when we give to Him first and He blesses it, we'll have leftovers. If we give Him leftovers, it's not going to be blessed and we're not going to have enough. But when we give to Him first, it's blessed and there's always more than enough. That's God's way. Amen? Amen. Come on. Amen. And then, only gives it back to his disciples. They have to give it away. The miracle takes place in our hands. Only what we give away can multiply. Jesus blessed it, gave it back to the disciples. They could have eaten five loaves and two fish. That's all they would have had. Not much, a very small meal, nothing left over. But when they gave away what Jesus placed in their hands, it was able to multiply. And when we, in just a moment, give away what God has blessed, placed in our hands, it's going to multiply in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. He says to us, go and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Clothe the naked. Feed the hungry. Give them clean drinking water. That's our part. And God's part is to multiply that. And we give Jesus Christ. People are going to be saved. Children are going to be saved. Families are going to be saved. Generations are going to be changed today because churches like ours, together, we're going to give to the Lord. He's going to multiply this offering. The only day that we here at Morningstar take a second offering, and we do that today, and we're going to do it generously, sacrificially. We're going to do it cheerfully. Amen? That's it. Hallelujah. Uh, I think Dr. Dirt said it very well. How many feel? I, feel, I think he said it just right today. I've never heard anyone talk about poop so well in all my life. He was pontificating and articulating the best about poop I've ever heard. I have a new appreciation for poop that I didn't have before. Yeah. This is exciting right now. I think especially in 2020, how many's had some challenges this year? Yeah. How many's found out that even struggling sometimes just to smile and to laugh at times there's, there's a heaviness if we're not careful. I want to say thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Thank you, Jesus, for liberty. Thank you, Jesus, for your joy, which is my strength. Because I am going to receive the very best that you have for me. And nothing that is taking place is going to dictate to me my, my thinking, dictate to me my emotions. I refuse to give in to anything that is less than your best. I am going to keep doing what you've called me to do. We're going to be givers and not takers. We're going to sow seed in the fertile ground, and we're going to see God multiply today. Amen? In Jesus' name. Amen. God loves a what? What kind of giver? We are what? Pittsburgh, Quakertown, we are cheerful givers. Givers. So if you would take out the offering and, and get ready. Some of you are already ready. I'm going to pray. And, and then when you step out, 
into the lobby. There's a round table right there, and it has convoy information, and there's a basket. Just put that in the basket, and we're going to see God do something amazing in a a year that, that has been challenging and difficult, in a year of lockdowns and shutdowns, whatever you want to call it, I believe we're going to be the people of God and, and we're going to show the enemy. I mean, the enemy doesn't want to see this happen. The enemy doesn't want to see this take place. The enemy wants us to be concerned, afraid, discouraged, say, I can't, I can't afford to. I want you to see God show up in your life today. I want you to go to another level in your faith journey today. I want you to begin to see that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is our King. I believe the Lord gave me a word earlier in the service. The Lord would say to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. I am the Lord your God and I am always with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I still sit upon the throne. I have not abdicated my authority. And I am going to provide and supply every need that you have. If you'll keep your eyes on me, the author and the perfecter of your faith, I am your king and I am coming, returning very soon. Keep your eyes on me. Thus saith the Lord to you this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for touching our hearts. We respond today in gratefulness and love. We are going to be sacrificially generous and cheerful givers. Lord, many of us out of need and difficulty, we're sowing seeds. What you've placed in our hands, we're going to give away and we're going to watch you multiply this and advance your kingdom, reach those we thought maybe were unreachable, those that are lost will not be lost any longer. We believe for thousands to come into your kingdom, thousands to be fed, thousands to receive the life that you have for them. I pray for testimonies and miracles today of people here in Quakertown and Pinsburg that you're bringing us out of fear and worry and anxiety to a place of trust and confidence in you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a miracle-working God and you have not changed. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to sing, and then Dave's going to close us in prayer. Yeah, let's all amen. stand.